What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always really glad to have a young correspondent on from campusreform.org. This time it's Kale Ogunbor. Uh, Kale, that's the most unique name that I've had on my program yet, and I love it. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you coming on today. So we talked at length about your name because I had to make sure that I wasn't a doofus and that I pronounced it right. Um, and I appreciate that its, uh, it's heritage is, its roots are from Africa. Your family's from Nigeria, right? That is correct. Both of my parents are from Nigeria. They immigrated to the United States about 20 years ago. Um, so I'm really glad to be born in the United States, definitely. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. Are your parents uh, citizens now? They are. Yeah, they I are. love it. So let, let me ask you, coming from immigrants, I'm a second-generation uh, American. My dad was first-generation. My grandfather came from Italy. So um, I know that story in talking to my grandfather coming a long way in a boat, and you have to go through all the process, have to prove that you're not a threat. Uh, I'm guessing your parents did it the right way? They didn't come in illegally, right? Yes, thank God. They did come here illegally. My mother won the visa lottery, and from there, both of them came over here. But they do have a renewed sense and a renewed appreciation for the United States that they have uh, passed on to myself. And I love that because people who, who come here legally, they come here for the right reasons. They want to, uh, they want to quickly acclimate to the American uh, culture and society while bringing their own culture with them. So have you had a conversation with your, with your mom and dad about, uh, about what's happening with the border now and how porous it is and people who are coming in just want stuff? They're not really coming in for the right reasons? Of course. It comes up all the time, actually. Um, it's more of an emphasis on how did the United States get to this point? Um, illegal immigration has always existed, but it's never been this bad. I think that's the issue. And it really just kind of waters down the importance of the citizenship. So that's what we talk about. Now. So you go to Penn State University. What are you studying? I'm studying mechanical engineering. Nice. So what do you want to do with that? Um, hopefully become a mechanical engineer. We'll see. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see I, would, I would assume, but for a dumb guy like me, what does that mean? Uh, being a mechanical engineer, will you be designing cars? What, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of broad. I can go into HVAC. Um, I can go into more designing buildings. Who we'll see? Uh, who knows? Nice. But I also like politics, so we'll see how that goes. Well, you're on my show, so obviously you like politics. Uh, CampusReform.org <laughs> is the website. Go there every day, like I do. Check out the great reporting these young reporters do. Uh, just, just one, one last question about the whole immigration thing. Um, it, it, you, you mentioned something in passing, but I could not agree with you more. Like I said, my grandfather did it the right way, and my mother's side, you know, a few generations back, they did it the right way. Uh, and by the right way, I mean, hey, we want to go to America. We want to bring something that we can offer. We want to uh, then enjoy the American dream and, and, and find all the opportunities here. When you see people coming in and just handed stuff, they're handed a phone, they're handed money, they're handed a, a free plane flight somewhere if they, if they want to go somewhere else, and then they don't even have to learn the language if they don't want to. That just changes the whole dynamic, doesn't it? It completely does. And like I said before, it really just waters down the importance of an American citizen, citizenship, of the birthright of being an American. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on. In fact, I have heard of even illegal Nigerian or illegal African immigrants complaining because they don't get that ease uh, like people from the southern border to cross into this great country. So it's a really interesting dynamic going on there. But what kind of a country is Nigeria? Is that a democracy or is it a dictatorship? What is that? Um, Nigeria is a democracy with a lot of corruption, so it sounds like a lot of other countries I know of. Um, 
there is a sense of freedom to a certain extent, but it's not like the United States in any way, which is why people are always trying to immigrate to the U.S. I'd be remiss to not ask you about this. And don't don't take offense. I don't mean you or your family, but we know that if we watch these scammer you know videos over on YouTube and stuff, and I've actually had people where I've had long conversations with somebody who tried to scam me over a car and the guy just admitted it. We had a great back and forth on like AOL Instant Messenger many years ago. Why do you think so many of the scams that we're seeing on this side of the world um, seem to be starting in like Lagos, Nigeria. Any reason for that? Uh, it's it's also a sense of laziness, probably. If there's one thing I would celebrate, it's the fact that Nigeria is no longer the scamming capital of the world. It's India now. Wow, okay. <laughs> I take my wins where I can take them. <laughs> but I don't know. It's probably a sense of laziness. Also, there's a lot of gullibility with people in the West. So when people realize it's yeah. that easy to take advantage of other people, they just do it. I mean, we're too trusting, aren't we? A little bit. <laughs> no, no, that's something. And it's interesting because I always took it to mean that there wasn't enough opportunity in Nigeria. But, I mean, I guess laziness is going to play into that as well. Are there jobs there? There are, but a lot of people are employed without actually getting paid. So oh, I, wow. it depends. Maybe that's a good definition of jobs compared to uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> no, no, absolutely right. It's uh, it's Kale Ogumbor, uh, and uh, she's from campusreform.org. Let's get into the stories. I appreciate you coming on. Um, pro-abortion student blames capitalism and, of course, the patriarchy for Roe v. Wade dis- uh, d- demise. Fill me in on this. Okay, so at the University of Texas in Arlington, there was a clash of protesters, um, pro-life and pro-choice protesters, and this was about the reversal of Roe v. Wade that happened in June, as many of your viewers would know. But um, I, the, the, the emphasis of this story was the fact that a student was interviewed, and the student was uh, saying that the reversal of Roe v. Wade is to be blamed on capitalism and the patriarchy and all of these other buzzwords, which is no surprise. At the same time, this is not us. We're not grasping for straws. We're not straw manning here. This is about the fact that this is a trend. And a lot of other students in my generation and the generation before me feel the same way. And they're wondering why this is going on. And it's really just a use of all of these buzzwords without knowing what it means. Well, Kala, I could be wrong here, but um, I'm pretty sure that it was seven men on the Supreme Court uh, when Roe was passed, when they said it was constitutional. Seven men made that decision. And I'm pretty sure in 1973, correct me if I get this wrong, we were still a capitalist country, weren't we? Of course, of course. And it's a little bit more than that because, yes, there's irony there, but there's a whole renewed sense of irony, if I could break this down, of how people who are pro-abortion or people who are pro-choice are also people who are anti-capitalism or anti-free market is the word that I would prefer. It's crazy that a lot of these big companies in Silicon Valley, Google, Uber, Tesla, even big sporting goods are subsidizing their female employees to go and get abortions because it's cheaper for them to get these procedures instead of paying five months of maternity leave. That is a consequence of the free market. So you would think that these people would thank capitalism or, I don't know, expressing their uh, pro-abortion thoughts. So capitalists are actually helping people get abortions, and those who want abortions say capitalism is bad. That's what you're telling me. Right. It's a circle <laughs> of things that don't make sense. It's just so dumb. Uh, it is, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. Let's see if I can remember it. Call a good boy. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. All right. Yes. Nailed it. Okay. And again, we won't get into your entire first name. You're, you're being nice to me by letting me call you Kale, Kale, which I appreciate. Professor says those who support busing illegal immigrants to liberal cities are racist. Okay. Fill me in, please. So, I mean, everyone across the country has heard about Martha's Vineyard. We've heard about uh, Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis sending illegal immigrants to other states. But it's the fact that it's it's more than just 
what Americans feel about it. Some people call it a publicity stunt, which I don't really mind, but there are professors. In fact, Christina Greer went on MSNBC herself and with a straight face came out against the busing of minorities. It's very reminiscent of uh, people who were, I guess you would say, anti-Ruby Bridges in the 1960s. Right. It's a really strange stance for someone on the left to take. Well, well, it is because there's literally a sign at Martha's Vineyard that says they welcome everybody. doesn't matter what your, your uh, documentation is or not. Those people were there 44 hours. That was it. And they got rid of every last one of them because I think they had a wine and cheese festival coming up. So the, these are the biggest racists who have been screaming from the highest mountains about how people like you and I who want people just to come here legally um, are the racists. It, it's so crazy to me. Kali, do they think they're going to get away with it? I mean, Americans aren't stupid. Eventually, we wake up and we say, well, wait a second. You know, uh, Martha's Vineyard, you lied. You didn't really want them there. Wait a second, New York, you lied. You didn't want them there. D.C., Philadelphia, Chicago. I mean, don't they know that we know that they were lying to us the whole time? Uh, I, I do think that they know that we know. But is is it? It's it's more of a fact of do people who do not pay attention to politics all the time can we get them to see? Which is the reason why I don't really mind that taxpayer dollars were used for this. I don't mind that it's a quote stunt because it really just exposes to people who don't live in the border cities in uh, Texas and places in California who are experiencing this overwhelming population coming in illegally, it really exposes to people like me in Pennsylvania and other states, like I'm from Maryland, that these are this is what other people who are Americans are going through. And it's really just interesting to see that they didn't even last two days in Martha's Vineyard. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. I, I haven't either. <laughs> I'm a lot older than you hours. are. I've lived here my whole life like you have, and I've never been there. So so uh, the whole I, I'm in San Antonio, by the way. And in San Antonio, the idiot sheriff is trying to now find a crime that was committed by taking these people from Venezuela from San Antonio to Florida, then to Martha's Vineyard. There isn't one. There's no crime. But the allegation is, well, they were promised jobs, and they were, and th- these people were all given gift cards to, to be lured. They were literally, they, they came 2,000 miles from Venezuela, got away from communism, were handed food, a, a nice hotel room for two days, and a gift card with some free money, and these people are trying to find criminal charges. Collie, that's nuts. It's like we've gone nuts. Right, right. And, and to tie this back into higher education, Anyone can say what they want. You're an yes. idiot, idiot sheriff. They, they, he can do whatever he wants. But it's about the fact that professors at universities can see this. And you would think that these are the brightest people. Uh, spoiler alert, they're not. Can go on uh, shows like MSNBC and spout this. And I can only imagine what other professors on other college campuses are saying to their students about what's going on uh, at the southern border. And by the way, the sheriff can say anything he wants. First Amendment right. But he's spending Bear County money to investigate something where there's no crime, and he knows there's no crime. It's Kali Ogunbor. I appreciate you uh, coming on today. Cal State Fullerton joins colleges across the country in spending millions on social justice programs. Cal State Fullerton sounds like it's subsidized by taxpayers. So how how many millions of the taxpayer dollars are they going to spend on social justice, whatever that actually means? Right. It's funny because I this is actually my favorite story that we're going to speak about today. It's a little bit deeper than this. Cal State Fullerton is a public university. Obviously, it's in the name. But this $40 million donation came privately from two people. Historic amount uh, for a donation last year. But it's not about the fact that it's private. It's about the fact that this is a reflection on the values of the university. Their values or their priorities are not to teach people. It's more about social justice and, I guess, expanding diversity in education. 
which doesn't really make sense. Um, you can go to, I urge your viewers to actually read the article itself. Cal State Fullerton literally professes to try to promote equity in education, but as an engineering major, there's no equity in math. Math is math, no matter who you're talking to. I hope so, two plus two should always be four. So I really wondered where this $40 million is disappearing to and for what reasons. And they could have saved, uh, you know, um, underprivileged students. They could have saved them some money on tuition. They could have had other programs that actually offer education. And I love that you said that. There is no equity in math. It just is. But as soon as these universities decide, we're going to make sure that there's equity and no meritocracy in sports, I'll listen to them. Because that's not what they're doing. You know, as I know, that they're taking the best, the brightest, the most talented, and they should. I want there to be meritocracy. This country was founded on meritocracy. If you tried harder, if you had talents, if you worked it, if you learned, if you educated yourself, you got to move up. Now we're just trying to hand people stuff so we feel better about ourselves. And it's almost always the liberals. Kale, I don't understand it. No, it's it's your everything you're saying is totally right. And there's a deeper point to this where if we are going to subsidize a group of students for things that are not based on meritocracy or that are based on really random things, you would think it would be on the occupations that actually matter right now. And I'm not dissing other majors, yeah. but we are falling behind in the STEM race. China graduates as many engineers as exist in the United States. What a bizarre number. And it's Crazy. not proportional. It's not just because that there are a billion people living there. It's because people in the United States for whatever reason, my generation refuses to go into STEM, refuses to go into sciences. And I no, we're not dissing poli-sci majors, but we can at least try to incentivize students to go into occupations that will make a, or keep America as the greatest country in the, in the world. No, I couldn't agree with you more. But see, here's the thing. Along with the STEM programs, which you do go through college for, the people aren't uh, learning vocations either. They're not learning how to hang drywall and, and fix the plumbing. And these are very important jobs. They're driving trucks. These are extremely important jobs. But they've been told from the age of like two in preschool that they should go learn about gender studies or why trans women really are women. And then you get a degree in that that you can hang on the wall, but you can't do anything with it. And then you're right, the Chinese or Indian engineers, they, they, they're, they're dominating us. They're killing us. So how do we change that? Can we convince people of your generation that other jobs are very important and other fields will keep us the great country that we are? Because in, in another generation or two, we're done. No, you're completely right. I, I am, as a conservative, I do believe in the free market. I, I do think it's a tool. I don't worship the free market, but I'm wondering how the free market might shake this back up, might reset this. Um, part of the reason why tuition is going up so high is because all of these universities know that this entire generation of people are going to go to school. Yeah. So I wonder if a lot of people who do get these degrees that don't pay as well or maybe do not have as great of a job outlook, mostly liberal arts degrees, I wonder if people will stop going into those occupations once they realize they can't get a job and maybe that might settle down to or shake up the system and uh basically reproportionize uh, more people into more vocational schools, more vocational occupations. We'll, well see how that works. Well, I think that can happen for those who graduate to tell those of you still in school if Biden and, and Elizabeth Warren and these other idiots don't give them free tuition, make them pay their college loans back, make them understand, yeah, it hurts to pay it back when you've got a job for twenty eight grand a year instead of the 200000 a year you thought you were going to get with your dumb degree that doesn't make any sense. And again, many degrees are necessary. I'm not, I'm not here to denigrate going to college, but there are so many jobs where people are out earning those who get these 
gender studies degrees by three times and four times. We have to let them know that. But suddenly, guess who comes to save the day? Biden giving you some money off your tuition or, or, or your college loan, which makes no sense. It is uh, Akali Agun, uh, Agunbor. Ah, I thought I had it. That was pretty good there, right? Agunbor? It was perfect. It was okay, perfect. thank you. I don't know how perfect it was, but thank you for being nice. Last story, uh, Constitution Day event at Tulane University puts emphasis on something not in the Constitution, of course, abortion. Tell me. Okay, so Tulane University, one of the most popular schools in the world, one of the most prestigious law Is that schools. New Orleans, by the way? Absolutely, yes. Okay, go ahead. One of the most prestigious law schools in the United States uh, holds a Constitution Day every year. Now, that sounds great. As a conservative, especially, you're like, oh, wow, look at academia praising the roots of this nation. Yes. No, uh, the Constitution Day usually has a theme. So the theme for this year was the history of abortion rights, how we got to Dobbs. And I'm just like, what an oxymoron. The only thing about that that makes sense is the fact that it's English. Um, you would think that law professors and law students at this school would know better. If there's anyone in the entire United States who should know what is in the Constitution, it would be people who plan to follow the Constitution. I mean, a lot of these students who are uh, who believe that abortion is right or who believe that there is some so, something called reproductive rights, it's okay for them to be pro-choice, but they have to acknowledge that it's not in the Constitution. And these are the people who are going to be lawyers. These are the people that are going to be future justices, future appointees. So I'm wondering if we're going to see a new rise in activist judges in the next 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, a rhetorical question now. How much time did they spend on Margaret Sanger and how she wanted to uh, weed out the black people from society by, by starting Planned Parenthood? Any of that? Was you that talked about? A little bit closer to zero minutes and zero seconds. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kale, just a pleasure to talk to you. Kale Agunbor, uh, thank you so much. He's at Penn State University, a correspondent with campusreform.org. Make sure you go to that website every day like I do. Thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. All thank right. You. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Time enough for some pop culture. Uh, Polo, what's happening, brother? Well, remember, we were talking about this, uh, gosh, I think it was probably last week. Um, Sylvester Stallone, or maybe it was two weeks ago, where Sylvester Stallone and his wife, I guess, were getting a divorce. Or there was yes, I do remember that, divorce. yes. So I guess that they're actually going through with it, um, but they're going to, I guess, do a settlement as opposed to... I guess whatever they were doing with these court proceedings because they put that on hold and now they're trying to work it out. But the crazy thing is that they don't have a prenup in place. So Wow. Yeah. That's that way he was worth so much before they even got together. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, Paul, I appreciate that. Thanks, brother. That's Sam. That's Carrie's out of here, by the way. And uh, I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, the Friday version of the Joe Pag show. Do not touch that dial. Stay right here. We'll talk soon. Bye. This is the Joe Pag Show.